two gays watch a movie with Aaron Holman and Zachary Landalt. Ah. <laughs> I think that works. Hello, I'm your host, Aaron Holman. And I'm your other host, Zachary Landolt. And today we're watching Romeo and Michelle's High School, High School Reunion. Reunion. I love, oh love, love, love this movie. Romeo and Michelle was released on The Perfect Date, April 25th, 1997. It starred Mira Sorvino, fresh off her Oscar win for Mighty Aphrodite, and Lisa Kudrow, who of course was known to most of America as Phoebe on NBC's Friends. It also features a supporting cast, including Janine Garofalo, Alan Cumming, and Justin Theroux. God, he was hot in this movie. Oh my God. It was an initial success upon release, but over the years has gained respect and love as a cult classic of the 90s. It was not an initial success upon release. No, it was not. But over the years, it has gained respect and love as a cult classic of the 90s. Mm-hmm. In case you have not watched Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion in a minute, I'm going to give you a quick rundown on the plot. Romeo and Michelle are two best friends who've been together since high school, who now live together in sunny Los Angeles, where Romy works as a counter girl at a car dealership and Michelle is currently unemployed. When Romy runs into an old classmate from high school named Heather Mooney... Heather Mooney? From Sagebrush High in Tucson? Yeah. It's Romy! Romy White! You're shitting me. No! This is so weird! I didn't know you were living in LA! Well, now that you know, will we be getting together a lot? <laughs> she finds out their 10-year reunion is coming up soon. Romy and Michelle immediately set out to find cute new boyfriends and better jobs to impress their old classmates. When things don't go their way, Romy and Michelle decide to just lie. Oh my god, Michelle, that's it! We can go to the reunion and just pretend to be successful. I mean, who's gonna know? They're in Tucson, we're here. We can just show up looking like business women. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, oh, but if the people at the reunion see us drive up in a Nova, won't they know we're not really business women? Romy borrows the car from her coworker Ramon, and Michelle makes their outfits. At the reunion, they run into all their old obsessions, including the girls of the A group, led by the still awful Christy Masterson. Hey everyone, and so we meet again. Hi. Romy White, you're the chubby girl. Romy runs into her old crush, Billy Christensen, who's now married to Christy. And Michelle reconnects with Sandy Frank, who was obsessed with her in high school and has grown up to be much better looking. And most importantly, is now extremely wealthy. Hey everybody, Sandy Frank just landed in a helicopter. <laughs> Sandy Frank has a helicopter? Yeah, apparently he's worth like millions. He invented some kind of special rubber or something. Like for condoms? When their lie about inventing post-its is found out, Michelle gives Romy the pep talk she needs. Can I tell you the truth? I never knew that we weren't that great in high school. I mean, we always had so much fun together. I thought high school was a blast. And until you told me that our lives weren't good enough, I thought everything since high school was a blast. I think we should go back out there as ourselves and just have fun like we always do. The hell with everyone else. 
Romy, Michelle, and Sandy perform the now iconic dance to Cindy Lauper's Time After Time and fly off in Sandy's private helicopter back to LA, where Sandy gives them a loan to open their dream business, a fashion boutique where they can fold scarves. <laughs> oh, what and, a, what uh, a great movie. It is from beginning to end, it's a treat, you know, for the eyes, for the ears. Um <laughs> for the it, ears. It's, it, it's it's everything. I mean, the slang. The weird thing is, I think it's not music. as to me. It's a classic, but I feel me like too. it's that movie. If I mention it to some people, they go, "Oh, I don't know that. I haven't seen that," and I find that a, a crime. I do too. I don't understand. You know, uh, there was actually a period of time where you remember an ABC Family was a thing. Yeah. Um, they used to play this movie. I swear to God, it was like every weekend, oh, for, all the time. Because you know, they the, had a there was a prequel movie or something too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That they did through ABC Family. They I like think, did or... it after, but it was a prequel. Yeah, it, yeah very weird. But um, I've seen this movie so many times. Oh, uh, it's one of my feel-good movies. Oh, same. <laughs> like I think you can't be in a bad mood if you watch this movie. Absolutely, it's got, not. It's got so many quotes too. It's got. I mean, it's got absolutely everything. Some things that I found. Uh, Really awesome. Let's see. The cast. We have Lisa Kudrow as Michelle Weinberger, Mira Sorvino as Romy White, our two, um, I don't even know what to call them, our two wonderful, wonderful uh, kind of airhead protagonists. It's definitely airheads, but with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and uh, yeah, I didn't know this for the longest time, but it's based on a play called Ladies' yes. Room that Lisa Kudrow also played Michelle in the play version. Yeah, that play, it was created in a workshop um, with the Groundlings, which is an improv troupe yeah. in, I believe, is it Chicago? Um, I think it's LA. Is it LA? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah these are This is all created. about making fun of LA culture. It's apparently, I think I heard the playwright base this off of a conversation she heard in the latest room. Ah, there it is. It all comes together. You yeah. know, what's crazy about it is, you know, from the time that that first play ladies room was developed from characters that lisa kudrow herself was playing at the groundlings yeah. you know it was 10 years I um know, yeah i can't even imagine what it would be like you know to have made that movie after all that time well it, it's kind of great because it's from what i understand lisa kudrow is the reason it got made because she then was like famous enough to carry a movie so they were like oh so you could just do it and then Mira Sorvino happened to be the other perfect person. She was, yeah, like fresh off an Oscar win, so she had that whole Oscar sheen still on her. Wow! Uh, but it's, and it's I love so that this is her choice right after oh, that. I love it because you know? I don't think that this is a step down. I think no. it's like said, they created a beautiful classic. Well, and she had like won an Oscar for like an, a Woody Allen movie, and this was a much more like mainstream, like. I mean, not a big Hollywood comedy. It wasn't like a huge budget movie, but it was like a different comedic side of her than we had even seen in in like Mighty Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. She's so funny. <laughs> I just wish she. I mean, fuck Harvey Weinstein, who like fucked with her career. Because I always wonder, like, what else she would have done if you know she had been working regularly. Because she was so funny. I wish. Yeah. I hope someone will write her a really good role in like a new comedy. Mm, like, I you would. know when they have like an old famous actor in a movie that like shows up as a surprise and you go oh wow it's so and so ah yeah yeah i want that I for do. her you know um it's funny uh when we were getting ready to record i 
don't know. I was watching a lot of Shit's Creek. I'm trying to finish up that series. And like my love for Catherine O'Hara has just been rekindled. I would love to see something like that happen for Mira Sorvina. Um, You know, her get a beautifully crafted role that just uses all of her skills because she is very, very funny. Yeah, and I have heard, though, that they have both said that they're open to doing a sequel to this if it was ever a funny enough script. Oh, Because the thing is, think about high school reunions, they keep happening. (laughs) They they have them later in life, too. So I wonder, like, would they go to their, like, 30th anniversary? Like, I just, you know, I'd watch it. I'd watch whatever they wanted to do. Just call it Romy and Michelle's next high school reunion. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Well, because this movie, it ends with, like, a lot of doors still open like there's there's definitely still comedy to be had here like it doesn't i mean it ties up things in a a bow to an extent that they finally have like some success but i still want to know what's going on with like heather mooney and all of that at the end of this movie yeah and heather's right there you know at the end of the movie she's shopping which she puts on this very in my, oh my opinion God. it's a dress that does not go on her it's no. this like white floral dress uh where I don't know, the um, the front of it is very low. It does very little to accentuate anything. Kind of just looks like a tube. <laughs> well, she's so petite, that Janine Garofalo. Mm, that that mm-hmm. kind of dress just swallows her up. Oh, my God. Uh, well, who, are there any other characters that you want to highlight? Always. Um, <laughs> Alan so Cumming, Sandy oh, Frank. Him uh, and his, him and his, his, his uh, little binder. Yes. And whenever I love, I love the first time that they arrive at the reunion and it goes into that fantasy sequence. Oh, the fantasy you know? sequence is the whole it's, thing. It's epic. You know, everyone's still like in very much 80s style. But what I love about that is Sandy Frank in that he has like prosthetics on, you know, it's, it's like he comes in and it's like he's had surgery and I... I love it. Alan Cumming is brilliant. Um, I just love the absurdity of yeah. the dream sequence because it it says so much about where you assume people are going to end up and where things are. It's like it's funny that they put all these people on these pedestals. But you think about someone like Christy Masters, like they're like, oh fuck, Christy Masters, like, but she's really an unhappy housewife that's like pregnant with another baby, and her husband is an alcoholic loser, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. it's all that. Don't compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. That's my um, aha moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But the it dream sequence, I just love how it gets more and more absurd the longer she's dreaming. <laughs> yeah, to the point where like it ends with them having the huge fight and literally driving the opposite directions away from yeah, the, the cars reunion. pull up into the <laughs> into the hotel and they drive out separate. Also, oh my about that, I read trivia that I'd never noticed this and now I feel like I need to watch it again to look for this. I mean if you twist my arm, I guess I will. Oh, God, I know. God damn it. Uh, yeah, in the dream reunion scene, Romy and Michelle are on stage to receive their award. You can see just above the stage in the lights, there are strung what looks like a banana on one side and a mm-hmm. carrot on the other side, just like the magnets Christy put on Michelle's back brace in high yeah, school. Yeah, because she's a bitch. But I'm just like, what a weird, uh, <laughs> what a weird detail to put in. What a weird nod. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so kooky. I'm into kooky. Uh, and, <laughs> and I just love how, um, yeah, just how they portray all these people in their mind. And I, I think that dream sequence serves a big purpose. 
Oh, it really does. Uh, not to mention the dream sequence gives me my favorite moment and what I will be doing the two gays acting reading of. Um, it gives us uh, the speech that Lisa Kudrow made up about that special <laughs> yeah. kind of glue for post-its. Yeah. Um, so stay which... tuned for the two gays acting segment. It's, uh, gonna be fun. Oh, it's, it's gonna my be favorite. One. Oh, I also found out the girl that played Christy Masters actually had scoliosis. And, like, that was an actual struggle she went through as a child. Oh, my gosh. I love her real details in movies. But can you imagine, like, her, like, getting that script and then, like, reading that scene for her character and being like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. So it's it's weird that the girl that had to play the bully, like, that's what she was, you know. I don't know. I hope she was not bullied for it. But I'm sure kids are awful. I'm sure it happened once or twice. (laughs) <laughs> it probably did at least once or twice oh i also love when they're looking at their yearbook and they're remembering the one like guy they had a crush on in like the drama club <laughs> i don't remember gets, remind oh, me yeah and then and then like the two guys look at each other oh yeah it's, it's like, like i wonder why that guy was never interested in me i knew <laughs> Oh, and then they just like turn and look at each other, just like ignoring the girl in the middle. I love it. Yeah, I didn't get it at the time. At the time, <laughs> I was lost. Well, when did this movie come out? It was 97 or 98. Wow, that's crazy. 97, 97. 97, yep. April um, 25th, 1997. Oh, yeah. The perfect day. Look at that. The perfect day. Something which I is, did uh, find which out is, is a miscongeniality nod to anyone who happens to be lost. You Which shall we'll get to that movie this. soon. Oh I would God. love to do that one too. You know what's weird? The Oscars are on April 25th this year. I find that hilarious. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. We also talk about the fashions because that, that's, that's so much of this movie. It is. It's what, um, I mean, it's what they're known for. The, the ladies make their own clothes. They kind of make their own way in life with their own kooky fashions that yeah. I love. Oh yeah, I love. What are some looks- outfits that really stood out to you? Oh, well, the one when they go out to the club when they're trying to find boyfriends, which has <laughs> yes. one of my favorite moments where Romy is getting hit on by a guy, that cute guy, and she's like, wow, I like your suit. And he's like, thanks. She's like, so what do you do? I'm a suit salesman. Oh, oh, can you excuse me for a moment? I cut my foot earlier and my shoe's filling up with blood. <laughs> this is probably <laughs> my favorite, favorite moment of the movie. Um, just like, I love, like, I like your suit. Thanks. <laughs> what do you do? I'm a suit salesman. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, yeah. I th- when I think of this movie, what I think of is I always think of, like, these mini skirts that they wear. Oh, my God. You know, like, they are so small. Got that perfect amount this- of Two ladies are so petite. They really, really, really are gorgeous. Lisa Kudrow is so, so tall, and Mira Sorvino uh, was a dancer, so she's got that dancer build. Mm. And then there's also um, when they flash back when they're dressed up as the Madonnas. I oh, love God. that moment. Those are good Madonna looks. Oh yeah, I was happy <laughs> with with Vermi's, uh her dangerous ponytail. <laughs> yes, it looks amazing. <laughs> Did I hit anyone? Yeah, but it looked good. <laughs> And then oh, yeah. we have their classic, um, I don't even know, what do you call them? Are they like tube dresses? The pink and the blue that they oh, yes. uh, end up wearing at the prom? Oh, oh, we have the reunion? Yeah. Reunion. I guess they're not tube dresses. They do have, stra- wait, are they, they have straps. I think, yeah, they have straps. They do have, they straps. have straps. So, well, they're just, they're tight. That's what they are. They're tight I and mean, shiny. they're, oh, what are they made out of? What is that? Shiny. That lycra? 
I don't know. Like, sure. I don't even know I'm what it is. I'm not a costumer. Yeah, neither am I. The shiny fabric. Um, that very shiny fabric. Um, some other little trivia that I found out about the show. There's mm-hmm. a theory that this movie takes place in the Tarantino universe. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, at the time, Mira Sorvino was dating Quentin Tarantino. And I guess because of that, they were able to convince them to put in a couple subtle nods to Tarantino's works. When they are eating burgers uh, at their house, they are eating Kahuna burgers, which is a made-up oh, brand. Yeah. And then there's also an ad for Red Apple cigarettes next yep. to their apartment in the film. Uh, again, made up products. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think that this could take place like where Kill Bill Here's takes thing, place? Their characters are so ridiculous. I almost could see them showing up in a Tarantino movie, like being too yeah. rapid bimbo. Is that like a, at a diner? Um, it's a, I mean, to me, it just sounds, it sounds funny that she was just i i just imagine being like can we use your stuff in our movie i think it'd be funny and he <laughs> right? probably he probably just loved the idea of creating some bigger universe for his movie so he was like yeah do it mm-hmm. um never really noticed that it. before i gotta say well no neither did i this is a research yeah, baby yeah. <laughs> it's a very subtle subtle hint <laughs> i also found out a link to one of our other episodes what all of the costumes in the movie are from costume designer Mona May, who had also designed the costumes for the Los Angeles production of the play. She also worked on the costumes for the film Clueless. Bitch. Connections. Connection. Thread. Damn. And, and makes sense, though, because the costumes are equally iconic for this movie, the way I think Clueless has iconic costumes. A hundred percent. In fact, you know, just like we were talking about with Clueless, like I think these costumes, honest to God, it's like the third character. It's Romy, it's Michelle, and then their clothes. Um, Yeah, I agree. Because every scene, it's like, what are they putting on? This is ridiculous, and I can't. Well, even the costuming for non-Romy and Michelle, just like the A group, both in the past and in the present, like they're all so perfectly dressed for what their lives are. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh god because i mean i know she's playing an awful character but i am obsessed with the actress that plays christy masters because it's such a particular type of bitch well she also she just does it really well like even though she's a complete raging bitch it's like i still kind of like her because oh, like her? i do i like her because it's like i don't know i know that girl i don't know I don't know. She's nice like to it. the people she's nice to. Mm-hmm. But she also mm-hmm. manipulates people. Yeah, well. I'm not into that. I'm not into that. <laughs> Apparently you are. Apparently you're well, friends with. I'm just not opposed to it, I guess, Ooh, is what okay. it is. Now, what do you think is the staying power of this movie? Because, I mean, it's, it's really gained traction. I think it's one years. of those movies, um, it's, it's so weird to think about, but a lot of people classify it as like a cult classic, which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's a cult classic because oh. I think it has mainstream appeal, in my opinion. But I do I think, think it does it now. Does now. Okay. I think it's going to be one of those movies that the longer, the further away we get from it, the more mm-hmm. and more people will appreciate it, especially as like a time capsule movie. Oh, um, you know, it's, it's a very specific Los Angeles, you know, from, from the 80s to like the, the late 90s um, feel. And I think it captures that so beautifully that it's going to stay around for a long time. I know it's always going to stay in my, it's always going to stay in my top 10 of comedy. 
Oh my god. Well, because it's it sort of gives me the things I love from like a movie like Clueless or something from the nineties, but it's R, so it's like a little dirtier and it's a little it's a little messier too. Is what I like, but it feels like an indie film. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. feel overly polished or sheeny. It has a kind of a weird kookiness to it, which is what I love so much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just remember. Like, when was do you remember when you first, when did you get into this movie? How old were you? Oh my gosh. It's because I've seen it so many times, it's hard to Yeah, it's I, well it had to had to have been had to have been um had to have been high school. So probably 2005. And I don't know. It was it probably was just a movie I saw on TV one time. I don't <laughs> think I don't think anybody ever recommended it to me or anything. It's just one of those movies I found. And then uh, proceeded to like repeat watch. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I found it so funny. Even then, I was a huge fan of Lisa Kudrow. I think Friends was one of my first favorite TV shows. So oh, that same, could have been yeah. the way that I found it. You know, I just always loved Lisa Kudrow. And so finding a movie that she was in that was just as funny, if not funnier than her character on Friends. Um, uh, funnier, funnier. You know, I, I was sold. I probably saw this the first time in high school also. But I remember I knew these two girls that were obsessed with this movie. And they even for like a talent show once did the time <gasps> after time dance. With what? Yeah, was it was, good? It was good. It was, they were both very funny. And it was, it, was good, it was good. But I remember, yeah, they did it with this other uh, guy who was in the theater department. And it was, uh, I loved my, my life for the time. <laughs> that is epic. Yeah, I know people have like done the dance like at weddings and stuff a lot. Like it's a it's really gained a uh fo- well, if you, you know look that... if you look for the dance on YouTube, like you'll find a lot of videos. Oh, I've seen even uh Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore redid it on on his show one time. Oh, I you didn't know, see he that. does he does these little lip sync segments on his show and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up, he went up there and started doing time after time, and then Drew Barrymore <laughs> runs out and oh, oh it's who was the a- other girl? I think it actually was just the two of them. I think it was just the oh, two of them did like a, a little cheat. number of it. It is a cheat. But, you know, speaking of that moment, that's honestly, I think that's one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. Oh, same. It's so pure. It is so pure. And don't we all just want that moment of, you know, theatricality and musicality <laughs> and like, ooh, there was no rehearsals and yet we know this dance together. You know, it's complete fantasy nonsense. Oh, it's, it's but, um. I love when movies do that. And this one well, it works perfectly for this movie because it's it's such a surreal. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah, the movie is so weird. It's has such a weirdness to it that it, it makes just enough sense. A thing I did not finally piece together in my brain until literally this week when like watching this movie and researching it, is that within this movie, playing the role of Lisa Luter played by Elaine. Yes, I was going to bring her up. Yes. Who also, if people don't know, also was Meredith in the Parent Trap Parent remake Trap. with Lindsay Lohan. Yes, I ma'am. don't know why not because she has such an iconic face. I don't know why I didn't um put that Look, together. You know, um, it's just we were too young probably to like contextually put that together and she plays such a small role honestly in this sure. film. So it's like she's only on screen for honestly a couple of minutes. And so I always knew I recognized her, but same. But I always loved her because she I has some it. iconic moments, though. Look at what they're wearing. Where do you even get outfits that hideous? They made them in home ec from their own patterns. 
Actually, I think they're semi-interesting. In a freakish, off-putting sort of way. Never mind. I love um once they get out of the fantasy sequence yeah. and uh, she's looking at their, uh, the girls, Christy Masters is like making fun of them again. Yeah. And just like, oh, their outfits are terrible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Lisa pumps up out of nowhere Actually. in a really nice suit. <laughs> like her hair nice style back. lines, inventive use of color. Oh no, I'd say they're not, not bad. bad. <laughs> they're as deluded about their lives as they are about those hideous clothes. Yeah. Actually, Christy, they've got nice lines, a fun, frisky use of color. All in all, I'd have to say they're really not bad. Well, we still think they're ridiculous, don't we, girls? Why don't you just let them think for themselves for once? You're just jealous. Because unlike a certain ball-busting, dried-up career woman I might mention, we're all happily married. That's right, Christy. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that moment because well, of her yeah. delivery is so good there. Well, and I think we talked about this also off, off mic, that... I, for whatever reason, read her as older in this movie. Like, not saying she looked older, but I thought, oh, she's, like, an older actress. And, like, I just can't believe she did this the same year as The Parent Trap because she just seems so much younger in The Parent Trap. Oh, and yeah. she was young. She was, like, 26 at the time. But same for some here. reason, she reads so much more mature in this. It's the know. styling. It's the styling. It, I think a large part of it was the hair, very specifically. They got it all out of her face, so it was like, this is a businesswoman. He had it's to do business. business. <laughs> do you have any other favorite moments or quotes you want to shout oh out before we move God. on to Kate's it's acting? It's like the whole goddamn movie. Um, Riley Gritty even. Uh, yeah, it's like, let's just start at the top. Uh, yeah. No, I think... Um, oh, man. I I'll say absolutely... fuck off, Toby. That's one of mine. <laughs> Hey, Toby, fuck, fuck off. Toby. I want to interview you too, because I think it would make a really interesting article for the Roundup. Oh, Toby, fuck off. Okay, who can name the capitals of all the 50 states? Okay, Toby, fuck off. Hey, Frank here. Uh, no. Oh, you can't go in without a name tag. Fuck off. Janine Garofalo. I think this movie gave me my love for Janine Garofalo. Oh, probably. You know, it was definitely one of my first impressions of her was this movie, and... I think I this love was, her, this was kind character. of her breakthrough movie. I think this is what got her, like, the truth about cats and dogs and all of that. Wow. Hmm. She gave me my lifelong obsession with, like, I don't know, <laughs> bitchy, mean girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was very much into Janine, uh, Janine as a kid. I don't know what that means. Like, something about her vibe, I was very into. Because, like, it was like this, the truth about cats and dogs, Wet Hot American Summer. That movie, uh, yeah. Mystery Man. Like, I watched, I watched a lot of stuff of Janine <laughs> um, So what are some of your other favorite scenes, Zach? Oh, man. What stands out to you? Besides the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I love, well, I love, there's one shot in the, one of my favorite shots of the movie. Because it makes me laugh 
because just how stupid it is. It's when they're, you know, they're running around trying to get new jobs, new blah, blah, blah. And like, everything's like falling through. And then it just like cuts to a shot of like them slowly walking on like two treadmills in their like, you know, <laughs> six inch platform shoes. But they're walking as if they're like casually walking down the sidewalk, but they're just on two treadmills in the middle of the gym. <laughs> it's just so stupid i don't yeah. know it's something about the image of that always cracked me up um i also, also love just, oh, that oh, oh oh go ahead oh i was gonna say when they're at the diner and they're like excuse me do you have any business lady specials <laughs> we're two business women <laughs> and then the one's like what kind of business do you two in <laughs> and i just i love that they're like oh right we never thought to say what our jobs were exactly they get that dead look on their face you know of just like uh what <laughs> yeah these are not girls that will improv under pressure they'll just freeze <laughs> maybe if i don't move they won't look at me anymore but that deer in the headlights thing is is hilarious and it's something that like specifically with the character of uh michelle yeah. I, I i think of that a lot there are a lot of moments where like Lisa Kudrow, it lo- you can watch her having like that existential crisis moment and just like internally imploding. <laughs> I oh, love I also, it. I do love the scene where she's at the bargain shop trying to interview for a job. There's like some old woman who's like looks a mess. God bless. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "That's one of our biggest customers." <laughs> and then you hear a baby scream. He's like, "So, what do you think?" And then she's like, "I need, I need to go." I need to go. (laughs) Well, we could talk about this movie all day, but the fact of the matter is, if you haven't seen it, listeners, get on Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. We are going to tease you now with a little segment we like to call Two Gays Acting. Two Gays Acting. I'm so excited. I can't wait to do these readings. Uh, And (laughs) I I will be going first on this episode. I will be doing doing the infamous Romy and Ramon scene with Aaron. Now in this particular scene, to secure an impressive car for her and Michelle to roll up into the reunion, Romy tries to sweet talk her cocky coworker Ramon into letting her (laughs) borrow his. Are you ready, Aaron? Or should I say Ramon? Ramon. (laughs) I can't roll my R's, so I will not be doing that. Ramon. Sue. Can I borrow your car? If I loan you my car, what do I get? Uh, what do you want? Oh, Romy, you know what I want. Forget it, I'm not gonna have sex with you just to borrow your stupid car. I gotta get something! Okay, close the blinds, and we'll work something out. Oh, Ramon, oh, Ramon, yes, go... Oh, oh yes, me Capitan, me Amor, you are Columbus and I am America. Discover me, Ramon, just discover me. Hey, uh, Explosions, the the Earth is moving. Explosions, the Earth is moving. Oh, is that an earthquake? No, it's Ramon. Is that an earthquake? No, it's Ramon. Oh, it's Ramon. Ramon. Man, Stallion, fill me with your giant love wand. What? I'm sorry, I don't think so. Well, say something nice about my penis. Oh, Ramon, your penis is so powerful. <laughs> I'm coming. Okay, get off me now. Ah, come on. You wanted it to be believable. <laughs> <laughs> and that 
was believable. I fucking love that moment. That is probably the, oh, yeah. for me, I quote that more than I think anything else in the whole movie. Oh, Ramon. <laughs> oh, Ramon. I am America and you are Columbus. Just discover Just me. discover me. God. <laughs> so I love, I love in that scene, it's hard to do here because you can't see us, but like, <laughs> in that scene where he's feeding her the lines i love it because he's like sitting there mouthing it with her it's yeah, yeah. so funny <laughs> it's like gone beyond sexual attraction it's just like purely stroking his ego now oh my God. yeah it's not even about sex at that point <laughs> all right i have prepared a little scene for you in this iconic scene we're about to perform uh, this occurs during Romeo and Michelle's dream sequence at the reunion. Michelle talks to Christy Masters about what she's been up to since high school. If you would, Zach, would you be my Christy? Oh, of course. So, Michelle, what are you up to? Uh, okay. Um, I invented post-its. You're kidding. You must have made a fortune. Well, yeah. No offense, Michelle, but how in the world did you think of post-its? Um, well, uh, actually, I invented a special kind of glue. Oh, really? Well, I'm sure you wouldn't mind giving us a detailed account of exactly how you concocted this miracle glue, would you? No, um... Well, ordinarily, when you make glue, first you need to thermoset your resin. And then after it cools, you mix in a um, epoxide, which is just a fancy schmancy name for any simple oxygenated adhesive, right? But then I thought maybe, just maybe, you could raise the viscosity by adding a complex glucose derivative during the emulsification process. And it turns out, I was right. Huh. I don't believe this. You must be the most successful person in our graduating class. Uh-huh. And you're not. Bye. <laughs> oh, I the ending. That. Uh-huh. Wow. And you're not. <laughs> and you're not. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this is amazing. As we've like walked around it this whole time, this speech right here was made up, improved on the spot by Miss Lisa Kudrow. Truly insane. And and I think it's I think it's the funniest part of the whole movie to me. You know, if I picked one moment, that's obviously why I chose to perform it, because I think it's the funniest thing. <laughs> See, and I, lo- I love Flora Ramon. Oh, um, oh, should we tell this tr- any more trivia? Um, yes, uh, to, to finish up with uh, what we were on right there oh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the way that Lisa Kudrow was able to make this up is Lisa Kudrow actually had received a degree in biology from Vassar College. And so pulling on all of that information, I suppose, she was able to bullshit her way through this speech. <laughs> but also a fun fact is Mira Sorvino, she also had a degree in Asian studies from Harvard University. So during the whole production of Romy and Michelle, their nicknames for each other on set were smart and smarter. And I, I fucking love that because these are ditzy women, but they are fucking smart ladies. Well, I, I think that's what's, I think it takes a really intelligent performer to play stupid and play it well. And so mm-hmm. I love that the whole movie, like, oh, they're bimbos, they're vapid, but they're played by these in, it's extremely intelligent women. Obviously. Obviously. Do you have anything else? I have. Oh, I got something. 
Um, did you know um, Alan Cumming owns a bar in New York City called Club Cumming, where every Saturday the bar hosts a Romy Michelle themed day, including 90s music, DJ requests, written on post-it notes, and scarf folding stations. Holy shit. Look, I knew about Club Cumming, but yeah, I didn't what? know about this. I did not know about this. We, we have, have to, to go. go. When the world is somewhat a thing. When things again. are a little bit better. Um, I'll meet you there. Okay, sounds good. All right, so we are going to move into our um, our very official, very scientific yeah. gayometer. Very accurate gayometer. A very accurate gayometer. So, what is our? Um, I don't know. What's our range today? What's our zero? What's our ten? Or what's our one? What's our ten? Well, as we know, we we measure everything on a scale of one to ten. One being the most straight. Ew. 10 being the most gay. I'm feeling my oath. Let me feel my own. Or to put it a different way, on a scale of the tie worn by the manager of the bargain store to Madonna-inspired prom couture. Mmm. Fantastic. Mm. Would you like to um, go first, Aaron? I'm, yeah, I will throw out a score. Let's see, on a scale of one to gay, let me, mm, I'm doing an anal test. Okay. Um, ah, I'm going to say that this movie is a 7 out of 10 Ooh. on the gayometer. This is where it lands for me because I don't see any I don't see anything that necessarily defines it to be a gay movie. Mm. I I see it just being um if anything honestly I see it being a family movie. So, I don't know. <laughs> you a don't think family? it's a family movie? A family movie? <laughs> I, what? All right, my, my family. family. My family. <laughs> better family which i guess um, that says things about me or so. an edgier family an edgier family oh my wow uh well for me let's see if we take into account the fashions that was um, what made it so gay for me was the fashions the fashions you have well i guess the tip of the hat to the gays with the with the yearbook moment mm-hmm. um lots of fierce funny females i'm gonna give it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to eight out of ten just because I feel like there's so much for gay culture to love about this, because you have like strong, funny, well, strong, but you know, the fierce, funny females, which you know, maybe I'm stereotyping the gays, but I know I love. And <laughs> you've got you've got the fashions, you've got a musical number. Like I just I I'm gonna give it a little slightly higher. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight out of ten. Okay, I I actually can agree with that, especially because of what you said. The specifically that the musical number. If there's a musical, a yeah. If it has a dance number and it's at the climax of the film, that's worth you're at right. least two points. You're right. It's almost La La Land at this point. So let's like, not, let's not make it La La Land. <laughs> Would you like to see a musical version of this show? Um, I think it could be great. Mm-hmm. I just hope that it's not a jukebox musical i would want it mm. to be a real original mm-hmm. that i think they should get the rights to time after time and have that number still take place to that song mm. um but i think they should write original material i think they should include the original playwright to write the book oh um, I, I agree but i think there's a lot here that easily could be a musical because it's very funny and bright and there's lots of exaggerated characters that would lend themselves well to the stage because i mean Mm -hmm. it started as i play and granted i don't know how different the play is from the movie it could be the play is completely different um the 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 play from my research actually takes place entirely 
in the ladies room oh, wow. um and so like it's oh, a, are these just like two of the characters in the play um no they are the main characters okay, i don't know okay, okay, fully okay. how the show works but they are the main characters and i believe mm. it just takes place in a ladies room um okay. what happens that's where i heard the playwright met or encountered that without a ladies room Yes, and what happened is they they first tried to adapt the stage play. I believe they first tried to change it into like a sitcom. Yeah, I read that. Very little interest in that, and it just didn't work out. And then they kept the, they knew they had something good, especially because of Lisa Kudrow's interpretation. Yeah. They knew they had something good and didn't give up on it. And so then they kept shopping it around, and they they kept trying to get the direct play. Um, mm. turned into a sitcom or turned into a movie. And yeah. when they approached, I don't remember who they ended up working with, but uh, what they ended up getting told was this specific script doesn't work. If you can write these women in another script, another scenario, yeah. then we might have something. And she then wrote the entirely new story of, okay, what's something else that these ladies can do that is good and shows them as funny. And she wrote them going to their reunion well that's what's genius is like they really are two characters that you know i'm sure in the play it's just them you know talking in the ladies room mm-hmm, you go mm-hmm. okay but what are these two people's lives like you could yeah. you could take them almost anywhere so that was such a, i did read that the reason they kept getting turned down is the number one note they kept getting was no audience is going to want to spend all their time with these two characters because <laughs> mm. they thought mm. they would just be too obnoxious i think it takes uh, I think the reason this movie works so well is because Mira Sorvino and Lisa Kudrow have so much charisma as performers mm-hmm. that they, because I mean these characters can be very obnoxious, uh, but they're <laughs> but they're so love they they don't have any like they don't have a mean bone in their bodies kind of thing you know like they have a judgmental bone in their body but they, like they would never just be like cruel to someone so yeah. they don't go like into like bitch territory which i think is what a lot of gross executives probably thought like well they're just two bitches that are dumb like who's gonna watch this uh me uh me and all of you listeners you better get out there and watch it romeo michelle's high school reunion Uh. it is one of the best movies if you just need a good laugh just turn it on it'll treat you good Mm -hmm. it's funny it's it's great it holds up well all, all the all the cool people like it Yes, indeed. I think this is a perfect place to wrap things up. Um, I have been your host, Aaron Holman. As always, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter at a whole human, or um, you can follow my clothing company at I Light You Clothing. Um, and then there's of course Patreon.com/slash Eye to Eye Podcast if you'd like to support my other endeavors. Do you ever think that your name sounds like a-hole human, like asshole human? A hundred percent. That is intentional. And I'll tell oh, you good. what. Oh, oh that's a hundred percent intentional. Because, um, listeners, my name is Aaron Holman. And it's spelled A-R-R-O-N-H-O-L-M-A-N. He's a real whole man. Exactly. And so, well, the way that I would do it is the way I sign my signature, I just write the A and then yeah. I go into my last name. And so it just goes a H-O-L. And most of the time, that's where I stop. And so, like, when I had to start paying rent in my early 20s, um, that was how I signed all my rent checks, was just a-hole. And it was my way of, you know, <laughs> being an a-hole. Um, wow. Yeah, talk about branding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. On that, that note, 
<laughs> I've been your other host, <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at, at Zachary with no H. That's Z-A-C-A-R-Y-W-I-T-H-N-O-H. Zachary with no H. It'll take a moment. Um, you can also follow the pod at Instagram at Two Gays Watch a Movie or at Twitter at Two Gays Watch. And anything you want to add on, Aaron, before we sign off? Um, Eye to Eye Podcast is E-Y-E number two, letter I. I never spell my stuff and I should. Ugh. Well, you know, I hope you will have a Romeo <laughs> Michelle day. And you know what, Aaron? I think you're like the funnest person I know. Me too. With you. Oh. <gasps>